Well, all the big Easter egg hunts have been cancelled, the one at Cliveden and elsewhere. But I hope that families across the area are able to arrange their own Easter egg hunts in their flats or houses or gardens today. As human beings, whatever our age, we like finding things, finding those lost keys, finding that old holiday memento or photo you haven't seen for ages, finding that shoot on the plant you thought was dead. You might not think that anyone can get excited about rhubarb, but I was so pleased this week when a new rhubarb root I thought was dead produced a tiny shoot and a leaf, and they're growing. I do like rhubarb after all. And I also noticed catkins on the birch tree for the first time, and that got me excited as well. Funny things make ministers excited. So what have you found this week in your lockdown? A new TV series you've never come across? A new walk you can do for your daily exercise? A new computer game to tackle or ball game to play or book to read? The first Christians weren't expecting to find anything on that first Easter day. Their hopes had been shattered by the death of Jesus on the cross. Their saviour was dead and buried and gone. And all the women could do was go and pay their respects at the tomb. But they found their lives turned upside down by an empty tomb and by meeting Jesus risen and alive. So what can we find as we look around the church today. It's a very empty church, I'm afraid to say, but I want to show you around all the same. And maybe we can meet Henry the Hoover on our travels. So our peace candle, like many churches, we light an Easter candle to remember Christ, the light of the world. And the cross, symbol of love, the love of Christ. And our chalice and plate ready for our communion. The Bible open at Matthew's Gospel, the story of the resurrection. And behind some Easter flowers, not as many flowers as normal on an Easter Sunday here the church will be full of flowers but our thanks to Debbie for arranging these in her busy schedule as a mum and district nurse and there's Henry Henry the Hoover he's been keeping me company over the last few Sundays and he's got a, a sign on him Lovely rainbow, rainbow of hope. Stay safe. Stay safe, everyone. Thank you, Henry. And the collection bags and our Lent uh, charity leaflets on Christian aid 
and water aid, reminder that we need to carry on giving and helping others. Come back to the church, very empty church, but here's an Easter egg and I hope all of you have had an Easter egg from someone today. We took our Easter cards to some of our members in nursing homes and restricted at home. And a wonderful chick knitted by Beryl and with a, an Easter egg hidden within it. And the palm cross as well. We go past our tree of prayer and head towards the front. And then just above us is our marvellous window. A very famous picture, but put into glass. Christ, the light of the world. Jesus knocking at the door of our lives. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into them and eat with them and they with me. Let us be happy, let us celebrate. Easy words to say perhaps, but can we live them today? Those words from Psalm 118. Can we live them in the midst of such grief and uncertainty in our world? A global emergency that is beyond anything that most of us have ever experienced before. Perhaps that's why the words of a 93-year-old last Sunday were so reassuring. Watched and listened to by millions, our Queen's words brought comfort and encouragement to many, not just in this country, but across the world. It was lovely to read comments from French broadcasters, perhaps more gushing than our own. One described her as an immovable matriarch, and another as one who had faced exceptional events in the past, and another very elegant, typically French. She underlined the British values of determination, goodwill and fellowship. May they be our values. Holy Week and Easter remind us that life involves choices. We can choose hatred or love, betrayal or courage, cruelty or compassion. And that choice, those choices are still going on. As people respond to this global emergency by care and kindness, honesty and dedication, or by selfishness or carelessness, by fake news or dishonesty, by money-making or the blame game. Our British values have been 
put into question in recent years, those values of tolerance and kindness. And now is the time not only to recover them, but to recover something bigger and better, truly human values, truly global values. And we certainly need the value of humour, even black humour. I liked the news article last Thursday, which began, the Bishop of Worcester was supposed to be executed outside his cathedral tomorrow. Then COVID-19 put a stop to all that. I've got a reprieve, the Right Reverend John Inge sighed, another year on death row. The bishop had been cast as one of the thieves crucified with Jesus on, in one of the seven passion plays to be staged simultaneously across the world, across the country, now all cancelled, sadly. The article didn't say which thief he was, whether the penitent or unrepentant one. We'll have to wait till next year. Let us have humour. Let us be happy. Let us celebrate. Let's find ways to laugh at ourselves, at the oddities of life, and at those things that seem so serious and powerful, yet are put in their places by the powers of nature and ultimately the power of God. The Apostle Paul mocked death as one of those powers that God ultimately will defeat. Death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and sin gains power from the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The tables are turned, and wonderfully on that first Easter morning, it is the marginalised, powerless women, disciples, who are the first witnesses. The first to know the overwhelming joy and awe of meeting Christ risen and alive. The apostles are not there. Peter the Rock is not there. The religious leaders and the powers of Rome are not there. The guards are struck by fear and become like dead men. It is the women, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, who hear the words of God's message. God's messenger saying, do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised. They struggle to grasp the wonder of it all, leaving the tomb with a glorious mixture of urgency, fear and great joy. And then they meet Jesus himself, this life-filled presence of their Lord and their God. He greets them and gives them a message. Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will, be, they will see me. Sisters and brothers in Christ, may we hear those words today. Do not be afraid. May we know that the risen Christ goes before us in the uncertainty of the weeks ahead, goes ahead of us in the moments of isolation and loneliness and doubt, goes ahead of us into the joys of spring and the renewal of nature, 
goes before us into the wonder of life and the mystery and grief of suffering. Do not be afraid. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. All of the Gospels tell us how Jesus met the women, whether one or two or more, in the garden beside the tomb, and how they were the first witnesses to the resurrection, witnesses that were initially doubted and ignored and dismissed by the other disciples. But then the Gospels go in slightly different directions. One tradition has it that the great encounters were in Jerusalem, in the upper room. But others, others place those mysterious encounters in Galilee, back to where those disciples' journey had begun with Jesus. And Matthew is one who follows that tradition with Jesus giving the message, telling the disciples, go to Galilee, there you will see me. Jesus is going ahead of them. And they need to follow as they followed before, to journey to a familiar place that suddenly will become unfamiliar, surprising, shocking, life-bringing, transforming. And for Christians, there is that sense that Jesus is always going ahead of us. None of us can keep up with him. Just when we think we have him in our grasp, he moves on and beckons us to new ways of knowing him and serving him. Like Aslan, the lion in the Narnia books, he is not a tame lion. He cannot be domesticated or manipulated or held on to, he is free to walk on. And that brings me to a cartoon that's been circulating in recent weeks. It has a simple picture of the tomb of Jesus, with the risen Jesus poking his head out, as if behind the stone. And a Roman soldier standing by, saying, quarantine conditions, go back inside. But of course, the risen Christ never did go back inside. He stepped free into the world to go where he will, to meet us and save us and lead us and feed us where we are. In John Macefield's play, The Trial of Jesus, there's a conversation between Pilate's wife and the Roman centurion who had supervised the crucifixion. Pilate's wife asked him, do you think he's dead? And the centurion answers, no lady, I don't. Then where is he? She asks. The centurion pauses a moment and then he says, let loose in the world, lady, where neither Roman nor Jew can stop his truth. The truth of love the truth of Christ, let loose on the world. Not confined to church buildings or religious rituals, but let loose into the hurting places, the broken hearts, the tired lives, the world in all its wonders 
and horrors. Let loose into your life and mine and countless others. Another play, Christ in the Concrete City, has these words. Christ is risen indeed and goes before you into Galilee, your Galilee, the Galilee of the modern city, Galilee Street, the street in which you live and where he waits to move in, fulfilling his promise to be with us always, even to the end of the world. Arise, shine, your light is come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Let us be happy. Let us celebrate today. Amen. And so let us pray. Let us be still and know that the risen Christ is let loose in the world, there in city flats and rolling hills, there with people of every race and background and religion, present through the spirit of truth and love, of hope and life. Let us be happy. Let us celebrate today. Let us be still and hold before our God the needs of this world, this nation, our community and neighbours. Let's pray for our doctors and nurses, cleaners and shopkeepers, our ambulance drivers and all who serve in the essential and emergency services. Hold them, Lord, in your care. Let us be still and pray for politicians and leaders, for strength and wisdom, that they may seek the good of all, beyond self-interest or narrow nationalism. And let us pray for researchers and all health advisors and for the work of the World Health Organization. Guide them, Lord, in the way of truth and knowledge and compassion. Let us be still and remember the whole church in all its variety, dispersed yet powerful still. Let us pray for courage and good sense to adapt to a new world and to witness to our ever new gospel, the living hope in Jesus Christ. Lord, unite and renew your church. And let us be still and pray for ourselves, for our families and our friends near and far. Let us hold before God those who are struggling with illness or sadness, loneliness or grief, and those who are caring for them. Let us name them in our hearts and hold them before God. Hold them, Lord, in your strong care. Hear our spoken and silent prayers. 
through Jesus Christ, our living Saviour and Lord. Amen.